What's up, everybody? I'm David Hain. Welcome to episode 85 of the A to D from Addict to Disciple podcast. If you enjoy these podcasts, please share the link with your friends. If you'd like to support our work with people caught in the snare of addiction, homelessness, or incarceration around the world, click on the support link in this episode's description. Your donation of any amount could change a life. When we come back, we'll get into this episode entitled, I Thought I Needed to Be a Better Friend. Welcome back to episode 85 of the A to D from Addict to Disciple podcast entitled, I Thought I Needed to Be a Better Friend. I want to give a big welcome to my friends in recovery from the U.S., South Africa, and Australia for their participation in this group. Guys, let's jump right into it. The topic for today's group session came from your own answers to last week's group. Several of you talked about having to find new friends in your new season. So I want to hear your thoughts on these two statements. The first, I always thought I needed to be a better friend. And the second, what I've learned is I need to be better at choosing my friends. Eddie, would you like to start us off today? Sure, David. I always thought that I had lost all my friends, but as I progressed in my recovery and saw the person I was becoming, I actually realized that they were the ones who actually lost a good friend in me. I was the life of the party. It wouldn't start if I wasn't there, because for one, I always had the stash, and I would make everyone laugh, or actually they were laughing at me. They didn't mind that I would start drinking and be so drunk quickly that I would sleep wherever I was or be falling around after a massive hit of my drugs. I just wanted to please. I was insecure in my friendships, so anything would go, just to impress. Well, after I was sober, I tried to regain those friendships that I thought were valuable to me, but I just couldn't. I couldn't stand how vulgar they were. I saw how they messed themselves up when they were high and things like that, how aggressive they were. They had no vision for their life, no goals. And so I had been one of them. Now, because I don't drink or smoke anymore, very few people socialize with me. And you know what? That's okay. The ones that stay as friends will find themselves an amazing friend, and I hope the same for me. Shaw, great start, Eddie. I can say personally, they are definitely finding a great friend in you. Harry, did you go through similar thing with your friends? Yes, David. When I established my recovery, I cut off all my friends, especially those that use drugs and alcohol. The reason being is that when I was in my prime as a fully functioning addict, that was looked up to in society. And I had the money, and I didn't like the idea of other addicts sponging off me. I associated with others who could afford their habits and who could also afford good whiskey. 
My ego was so big that I didn't enjoy being around other guys who couldn't roll with my lifestyle. I always took my own bottle of whiskey and a bag of my own drugs if anyone invited me everywhere. It was always the main attraction at any party, and I never cared or worried about anyone else. If you could afford to go out and paint the town red with me, then, only then, will I invite you. So I know that you could spend your own money and enjoy the night with me. I was more of a showboat than a friend. As things went downhill in my addiction, I started to join cheap vodka drinkers and started taking the cheaper drugs and found myself on the other side of my so-called friends that I used to have. And you know what? They didn't want to join me any longer as I could no longer afford the lavish lifestyle or drug sprees. At the end of my using career and the start of my recovery, I realized that I had no friends. I had to go back to my old friends who didn't like the person I was and managed to make new friendships from some of the good old friends who liked the new me drug-free. Shaw, Harry, talk about the battle of fitting into the lifestyle of a certain level of addiction in order to be accepted into the circle of friends. That's a classic case right there. Well done on your approach of establishing new friends. Charlie, how is your journey of establishing friends going? David, I'm learning today in my life that the people God has for me will show up and the relationships will be easy and good. But I need to be honest, I'm actually struggling right now in this very area. The last few weeks I've been feeling alone, feeling like I wish I was another person, feeling like the more people I help, the more people who want to like me will like me just because I'm helping them. But in reality, I'm feeling a little lost. And that's with four years sober. Some of the old behaviors and trauma responses stick with us, I guess. But now I'm working my program and I'm talking about it. And even just now in this group on this topic, I'm learning that's what it's all about. And it's about how I see myself, not how others see me. And I know that when I'm spiritually fit and knowing that God's love is all that matters, I am a great friend. And the friends who God has for me are enough. I do have some work to do. I pray that I keep coming back to support groups like these so that I have a chance to make some progress here. Plus, when I'm in a room of people suffering with the same disease of alcohol use disorder and substance use disorder, I feel like I'm right where I belong. Wow, that's so true, Charlie. For a lot of us, we find our best friends are the ones on the same recovery path that we are. Would you agree with that, Dante? Yeah, David, 100%. When I was younger, I really wanted to be liked by people, but I can't say that 
I was always concerned about being a better friend. I found that for a long time I was very selfish and concerned primarily with my own needs and wants. I would say I looked out for the welfare of others, but in the rearview mirror now, now that I know Christ, it's hard to see past my selfishness. Today I feel I'm a bit more selective with who I spend my time. Having a wife and children sort of naturally does that for you. But I do notice now in my life, I'm making a consistent effort to be in other people's lives who are struggling or just needing someone to talk to. I have far more joy today investing my time in other people than I do in simply caring for myself. Wow, that's, that's good stuff, Dante. And, you know, I think that's important that we are there to be a good listener when other people are struggling with things that we've been struggling with or even are currently struggling with. Gary, how are you approaching new friends in your recovery? Honestly, David, I let friends choose themselves. We're all different and we cannot please everyone. But I really do relate to that not feeling good enough part. I tried everything I could to please my father growing up, and this pulled over into my adult life. I was the guy trying to please, feeling I had to be better, to be good at everything I talk about, just to feel good enough, you know, accepted or, or worthy. But now I try to be friendly and approachable with people I encounter on a day-to-day -day basis. If you want to be my friend, I accept you at face value. I'm able to do this because most importantly, I have my best friend already in Jesus and I find my worth in him. Great insight, Gary. It really can be a strong foundation to be building our new friendships off of our faith. Ben, would you like to close for us today? Man, David, People-pleasing and the need for approval, I think that has haunted me from the womb. Because honestly, I think it's what governed most of my relationships growing up. And as your question states, I think I allowed myself to be tied into relationships that were really no good for me because it wasn't that I was looking for better relationships. I was just trying to perform and sort of tap dance for whoever it was that was in my life at the time. I was hoping that they liked me or approved of me or thought I was cool or whatever. But you know what? It was completely exhausting to live like that. And I'm pretty sure my addiction was fueled by my exhaustion due to trying to please everyone that was around me. The scary thing about this one is I think it's at the root of a lot of my own personal issues like anxiety, stress, anger, or whatever. You know, it reminds me of the, the acronym we use in recovery, HALT, H-A-L-T, for hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. And I think that happens from the end result of trying to be a people pleaser. It wears you out. 
And as I said, the scary thing is that's something that comes back over and over again. And if I don't deal with it immediately, I find myself performing all over again, even in my recovery. However, thankfully, God has really scaled down the list of people that I thought I needed in my life as friends. I've even lost what I thought was my best friend, and the relationship was really good, but there was a lot of the old me tied into that relationship because we grew up together and did all that stuff together. And now the new me was weighed down by having to still sometimes be like the old me just to maintain that relationship. Anyway, all that said, guys, the relationships I have now feed the Christ in me instead of the Ben in me. And I'm grateful for that. I like being surrounded with people that are going after a relationship with Christ, going after their recovery. And when that's the case, we are always lifting each other up. Shaw. Thanks, Ben. Great way to close this up. You guys really gave us a lot to think about as we deal with old friends, family, relatives, and how we're going about making new friends and how they can be building us up, lifting us up, and we can be a support for each other. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of the A to D from Addict to Disciple podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's words from our group. I want to give a special shout out around the world to my listeners because I'm planning my trips for 2022. So if you're listening in Guam, England, Ireland, Iraq, or anywhere, wherever you are in the world, I'm speaking to you right now. If you would like me to come to your country, please message me on the link in this podcast or send me an email at david from a to d at gmail.com or go to my website www.fromatod.org and click on the contact page or start following me on Instagram at david from a to d. Tune in Monday for our next episode, and as always, stay safe and stay strong.